Hi everybody, welcome to the first ever Blue Sky podcast. Um, we're going to be putting together a range of short audio clips for you guys to listen to during this time and hopefully to carry on through into the future. Our first one is with Helen, who is our clinical lead here at Blue Sky, and she's talking with her daughter, Shula. I hope you enjoy. Um, so, hi everybody, I am here with Helen and Shula. Say hi guys. Hi. Um, Hi. And um, today we are going to start off our short series of um, interviews um, with different people across Blue Sky, talking about some of the things that they've got some knowledge in. Um, We're going to start off today by talking to Helen and Shula um, about ASC and anxiety. Um, Is that all right, guys? That's what we've planned, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Shula, um, would you you want to kick us off just by giving us a little bit of um, an understanding of what ASC is and how it affects your anxiety. Okay, all right. So basically, ASC stands for Autism Spectrum Condition, and I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome when I was four. So um, basically, it's a neurological condition that affects a, a variety of different things. It affects the senses and it affects like social skills and just generally like how you perceive the world I think the way that I describe it is like just that my brain works a bit differently and also my mum told me a really good analogy ages ago about ASC um and it's like say if there was um a room full of people um someone who doesn't have ASC could walk into the room and notice that there's a lot of people whereas someone like me could walk into the room and notice that there's a stain on the wall or that there's a different chair or something like that um and so I think it affects my anxiety because um like my fight my fight or flight response is like heightened a lot so it's really weird because I get scared of the smallest things that other people do not get scared of and it's like it's really weird so yeah Uh, (laughs) example so over the years I've got to know a lot of the things that stress Shula out or make her anxious so you know sometimes we try and be brave and do them together and other times we avoid them but some things you just can't predict so for example, <laughs> at one point Shula got a hole in her sock and she absolutely froze to the spot and she was not quite screaming because she was trying not to scream because she kind of knew that it was only a hole in her sock, but she was absolutely terrified. <laughs> and at that point, it was really difficult to help because it was a kind of paralyzing situation because she's so frightened. She's kind of, don't touch me, don't come near me, it's awful. <laughs> and I'm kind of, well, I can probably help if I can get near you and I can sort it out. But that, yeah, we still don't fully understand that one. Do yeah, we? I don't get it either. <laughs> but definitely Shula being on the spectrum and lots of the kids I work with who not necessarily on the spectrum, but have had difficult starts in life are often much more easily triggered into anxiety in that fight, fight flight mode than lots of other people. Um, so, sorry, just so we can take a second, um, for those of you that don't know, um, Helen, do you want to just say quickly what your job is at Blue Sky, just so people know? Yeah, um, I'm Shula's yeah. mum, that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> and then your part-time job is working at Blue Sky. Oh yeah, my part-time <laughs> job, yes. I'm clinical lead at Blue Sky, so I work as a therapist, um, working with um, carers who have young people on the TLC, um, so 
this is what we do. We think about kids, we think about young people, we try and understand them, make sense of their needs and their feelings. And one of the really, really big feelings is anxiety and fear. Um, so, so particularly at the moment then, um, Helen, oh, yeah. is, is that when you when when Shula was talking about the hole in the sock, yeah. some people might look at that as like, I don't mean an irrational fear because of fear is real, isn't it? But yeah. some people might look at that and think, OK, that's a sock, whatever. But actually, at the moment, there's a real sense of actual fear across the world, isn't Absolutely. there? So what, what, what kind of advice would you and Shula give for everybody for helping young people that are maybe frozen or really quite struggling to sort of see through the fog at the moment with everything else that's going on with their lives. Okay, do you want to start, Shula? What helps you when you're um, anxious? Yeah, I think, honestly, I think, I, I, don't, I don't really know because I think especially at this time, you have to be not, I don't want to really say sensitive because I also hate it when people are really patronising towards mm -hmm. me. Um, and not really like sensitive, but just aware that, obviously times like these are difficult for everyone but especially for people um with ASC and maybe other conditions because um part of ASC is that um I really like certainty and I don't like change and I like routines and I like things to be the same so the whole like situation is like made worse like 10 times more yes because you know it's and the way um, i see it is like shula's got a certain amount of tolerance for anxiety or what we talk often talk about as a window of tolerance and that is actually 90 percent used up in a day of lockdown just by getting through the day without the regular routine and the natural fears so she's only got 10 percent left to deal with whatever else comes her way like, so holes, I, and socks. like holes and socks <laughs> so i think uh it's easy to say but a huge amount of tolerance huge amount of acceptance that as ed says if your body's gone into that mode and you are terrified then we might not know why it might not seem very sensible but that's where you are at and if that's where you're at then you need help to calm down your body and calm down your mind and the last thing you need at that time is somebody getting annoyed with you which I do sometimes but <laughs> try not to get annoyed and try and just be with that person use your calmness to help them calm take any pressure off so if you were in the middle of trying to get them to do something like tidy their room or empty the rubbish just drop that for now you can come back to that later so when somebody's really anxious, they won't be thinking properly. So take a step back, think about support. And when things are calmer and they're not feeling so anxious, then you can go back to having the same old nag about putting the bins out. So what would you say then? Because at the moment, I mean, one of the things that um, I'm finding from working from home is, is that I am, I've got my own anxieties about what's going on. And it's really hard to not put that onto my children. Yes. So with um, some of the things that Shula struggles with um, and, 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 has, and has overcome and, and faces every day, what kind of advice would you give for people like me and our other carers about managing our own anxiety when we've also got a young person with heightened anxiety at the same time? I think when it's most difficult. I am not a particularly anxious person, fortunately, um, but the times in my life when I have been anxious... I can tell that it makes managing Shula's anxiety a lot harder. So in some ways we have to kind of separate it out a bit and just 
um, try and work on yourself and supporting yourself so that your anxiety doesn't increase the young person's. Try and put your parent hat on, your grown-up hat on, and really listen to them and what's going on for them rather than feeding into it with your own anxiety. At the same time, it's absolutely fine and healthy to say, I'm feeling a bit wobbly today. I'm a bit anxious today. Yeah, I can see that you're scared. I'm not feeling great today either. Let's get through it together. So you don't have to be a automatum or a robot or not have any of your own feelings. And, you know, it's important that kids know that adults struggle with things too. But if you... Do cry or scream or break down, you go and do it somewhere else. Yeah. So one of the things that you said, you said this window of tolerance. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. So um, a window of tolerance is a bit like our comfort zone. Okay. So on a good day, I will be able to tease Shula, ask her to do things for me, um just be quite relaxed around her get annoyed with her maybe and it's no big deal but on another day and this might be due to hormones tiredness high anxiety lockdown something that happened at school her window of tolerance she's much more likely to get triggered into anxiety or overwhelm so I have to be more careful about what I say or what I expect Um, it might not be the right day to tackle certain things and that's true with all of us and especially again with a lot of the the kids we work with because um, it doesn't take that much um, for people to be out of their comfort zone um, and then they're not going to deal with things in the right way so one of our key jobs as carers as parents as therapists is to help people get back in their comfort zone help them to regulate to ground themselves help them feel emotionally safe and um, once they're feeling safe, then we can look at the task or the conversation that we need to have. Um, so Shula, your mum said there that um, it's about trying to get back in your comfort zone. So how, how do you do that? How does how does mum help you or what do you do to kind of, um, you know, get back into your comfort zone so you feel like you can be, be comfortable again? Literally just like isolate myself, like not be within like a five mile radius. of <laughs> <laughs> um, Just... I don't know, like basically just be by myself. Um, I usually distract myself with things like social media, like, I don't know, like YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, stuff like that. Music. Um, yeah, music as well. Um, like. So that's really interesting. I don't mean to interrupt you, Shula, but some people might say that by going on social media and stuff like that, that actually might cause them to go more insular and more within themselves. So you don't find that that affects you in that way? I mean... Yeah, I think it can just be a good distraction sometimes. Yeah. I don't like just, I don't know, watching funny videos on YouTube or something. It, it can be a good distraction if I get anxious to just like take my mind off things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what sort of things are you watching then? What kind of things that if somebody was listening to this, I think, actually, do you know what? Because I think sometimes when people talk about people going on social media, we talk about people using it in a negative way. But actually, if you're able to communicate with your friends in a way that works for you, then it's not a negative thing at all, is it? So what kind of videos and stuff are you watching at the moment then? Um, so recently I've been watching like Britain's Got Talent Impressionists. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I, I've been watching a lot of Britain's Got Talent recently, and also I do like messaging friends on Instagram. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, on YouTube I watch like Britain's Got Talent sometimes. Um, yeah. What well, all I hear 
is after a stressful time and Sheila's like walled herself up in her room is suddenly peals of laughter will come through the wall. <laughs> so I think it doesn't work for everybody, but certainly what works for Shula is a good yeah. laugh. And actually yeah. <laughs> it's different parts of your brain that are engaged. So if you if someone set you a task to have a really good belly laugh and be really anxious at the same time, it would be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so how then could you translate that to some of our carers then so you've just said like some people you know to say like to be anxious and to have a good belly laugh is really difficult so yeah. what would be your kind of like takeaway for those carers that might have young people with them that are um that have got asc um or anxiety or just interested in this in general what would kind of be your takeaway kind of messages i mean i think one thing that's really important to note is that everyone with asc is completely different like something that works for me won't work for someone else it might work for someone else on the spectrum but it doesn't work for everyone so you can you can try different things um but yeah i think that's just a very important thing to note that everyone in the spectrum is very different absolutely and and in some ways the simple answer is talk to your child and find out what will most help them and it might not be a quick fix it might be especially if you ask them when they're very um, dysregulated and fearful it might be as Shula often says I don't know I don't know what I need I don't know what I need so it's not always easy to be around that person sometimes the best thing is preventative so next time things are calm and you're getting on well have a five minute chat when you feel anxious what would you like me to do do you need some space do you want me to stay with you um, should we watch something together should I try and make you laugh or should I just back off until you're feeling a bit better I really like that sense of like um it's you're like empowering like a young yeah. person to kind of help manage to start to manage how they feel so that they can do things themselves because i don't mean to compare kids to horses but you can only you can't take a you can take a horse to water but you can't make them drink can you so they need, they need to be able to learn to do those things themselves don't they um, absolutely but you know but, but whilst you're still there to hold them i guess if that's is that well, yeah or? yeah i mean the posh word is co-regulating so okay um, <laughs> so what <laughs> horse to water <laughs> <laughs> regulate that horse so what happens when we get feelings that are overwhelming which is often fear but can be anger is that we're not regulated, we're not thinking, we're not calm, we're not feeling, oh, I'm a little bit anxious, but I'm going to do it anyway. We are feeling very jangly and it's hard to think. So the adult's job, like it is with a little baby or a toddler, is to be with the person and help them regulate. So I use my body, my voice, my ideas, my smile, my presence, or sometimes my absence to help them calm down. And so the more adults help children to do that, the more children can learn to do that for themselves so she was way better at doing that for herself now than she would have been when she was four or six or seven um yeah so she's pretty skilled in it right mm. well that's what you get for having you as a mum <laughs> um, and, and sorry Helen just to go slightly off well not off track but away from not away from Shula but um what is there been a constant theme in the any of the the work that um you've done with our carers and young people over the past few weeks around their anxieties is there anything that's that's common um that's something that a lot of people might be able to relate to at the moment or one thing that strikes me is that we've all got our coping mechanisms or our things that we normally do to balance out the difficulties in life so something might be hard but we have our treat or we have our fun or we have our downtime and a lot of people are finding that there's a cutoff 
So people are saying, I normally go to the gym and I can't. I normally meet up with a friend for coffee and I can't do that. Um, and so people can feel quite, oh, restricted. I don't know how to do this. So some of it is about acknowledging that, I guess, and just noting that that makes life a bit more difficult because you've still got all the hard things, but you haven't got the treats. Or even with kids, you know, you might normally say, yeah, you've got a whole week at school, but at the weekend, we're going to do this and go to Thorpe Park. Well, you haven't got that. So in some ways, it's about just acknowledging that, that life is a lot harder and people don't have their go-to things that make them feel good. And then once you've realised that that's what's going on, then uh, try and be as creative as possible. Could you have that chat with a friend online? Um, could you... Um, do a workout in the garden that's not quite the same as going to the gym but you get some fresh air and some endorphins so recognizing what you're not able to do and trying to replace it with something else that's more realistic oh and I think that's like get clearing that fog away in your brain isn't it it's, it's yep. giving yourself that opportunity to think actually what am I missing and how yes. can I kind of get as close to replicating that as possible but finding a new way to do it isn't it exactly and that all ties up in everything we've said because the fog in your brain is usually the anxiety so mm -hmm. until you're calm in yourself and until you acknowledge to yourself oh this is a bit tough I'm struggling yeah. that's when you can start to be creative and think and I, I really feel like we're in that period now aren't we because of the length of time that this has now gone on now is kind of like let me just say the honeymoon period but because this is definitely is not a honeymoon um, but that period of that initial novelty, it's now gone. And that yeah. may have gone sooner for some people rather than others. And now Absolutely. it's that like, OK, we've had this same conversation today. Um, me and my wife say, OK, we need to. This is normal now. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what do we need to do? So. Yeah. And therefore, if it's the new norm for however long we don't know, then we need to acknowledge that we can't do all the stuff we used to do. Mm. We've still got the same needs, whether it's for distraction, fun, exercise, a mate, um, an offload, um, whatever floats your boat and think, OK, so these are the things I can't do, but what can I do? Yeah. And give it, I guess giving yourself permission to do them as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Cool. Um, well, I guess that wraps up everything we want to talk about. Um, Shula, thank you ever so much for being so like open and honest with us. Um, uh, hopefully that maybe um, hasn't hasn't sort of raised any anxieties for you but um, you know no, from, from knowing you like I do I, I feel like you 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 you're so capable of um, managing your anxiety and stuff that it probably is maybe slightly therapeutic for you yeah I actually really um I really like talking about ASC and I really like when people ask me questions about it as well because then it it shows that people aren't just looking at someone who's on the spectrum and they just be like oh they're on the spectrum so there must be this this and this because yeah. see, like i said everyone's different so i actually love being asked questions and talking about it so yeah cool well thank you very much and um thanks helen for um setting this all up until we can do it all together and uh yeah i guess we'll catch up again soon about stuff in the future yeah we'll enjoy Cheers, that guys. thank Cheers, you guys. take Bye. care Bye. Um, so thanks to Helen and Shula there for taking the time to talk to us about ASC and anxiety. Um, over the coming few weeks, we're going to try and build our library of resources for you guys to access. Um, but if there's anything that you specifically want to know about or you have a point that you'd like to share, um, please get in touch with me and let me know. Um, we'll arrange something so we can talk and share it with everybody else. Uh, take care, everybody. Stay safe. Bye bye.